to the final episode of Room 403, a podcast play. As always, you've got me, Maya Fardod-Finn, Riley Herbert, and Chris Ordonez here as your hosts. We've got some awesome and wacky plays for all of you. For this episode, all of our plays had titles selected by pulling random words out of a hat, adding a little bit of challenge for each of our writers. Before we move on to our first play, we wanted to recap some of the events from the past week in the theater department. The Upper School Musical The Theory of Relativity premiered last Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and can I just say, it was incredible. The Middle School Musical Annie also premiered a few weeks ago. Both shows were an absolute blast, and it was so great seeing all of our hard work pay off. Additionally, our lovely Maya's senior project premiered last Wednesday, and it was amazing. Aww. It was such a surreal experience to perform live again. And after not performing in the room with anyone for over a year, we were so lucky to get to perform in the same space. We were set up in the Ecolette, we had plexiglass in between us, and we had a full team from the theater department helping us put the show on. It was so much fun watching our amazing seniors perform songs and scenes that they were so passionate about. I totally agree. They're all so talented and we're sad to see them go. That being said, Please enjoy our first play, The Belligerent Waterslide Virtuoso, written by Laurel Ith. We're excited to see what Laurel put together with her unusual play title. Without further ado, please enjoy The Belligerent Waterslide Virtuoso. Everyone, meet Veer, the Virtuoso. He is just wrapping up a performance. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much. Another performance done. Let's look and see what people are saying. Mm, Yes, yes. Magnificent. Talented. Impressive. (laughs) Nothing new. (gasps) I can't believe this. Someone said I'm an utter failure. Why? This is ridiculous. I spent hours practicing for my recital at the Orpheum, and this is what I get? Absolutely insane. They obviously don't appreciate good talent. Who could that be? Oh my god, oh, you were incredible! You were incredible. Please, I am doing an interview tonight and I will explain it all then. Come watch it on channel negative five at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you and good night! Good night! Oh my goodness, people are desperate. Three hours later. Time for my interview. Welcome everyone to tonight's interview on channel negative five. We have a very special guest making an appearance that I'm sure everyone has heard of. Tonight, we give a huge welcome to Fear the Virtuoso. Thank you everyone, thank you everyone. And thank you for having me, Taylor. My pleasure. Now, Fear, first question of the night. How did you learn to play like that at the Orpheum? Well, it's a robber general question, but honestly, through much experience and training. Yes, well, that makes sense. Okay, next question. Why did you- Hey, Veer! <gasps> How come you played Bosevere at number four? That's such a basic song. You are surely more experienced. Crew, please cut that out. Continue now. Okay, um, Veer, as I was saying- You know what? I don't appreciate that. You, yes you, I have spent countless hours on this piece to make it sound effortless and astonishing. Then you come and abruptly interrupt my interview to tell me you don't appreciate my song. Get out. And anyone who wishes to challenge me, you may show yourselves out. 
uh, actually, we can't kick out audience members uh, unless they disobey the rules. You can't issue them out like this. It's okay. Everyone, please stay in your seats, but don't interrupt our interview or else you will be kicked out. <clears throat> okay, we are going to continue. Our next question is, why do you play such a basic song? Wait, who wrote this? I did not approve of this. You knew what? I can't take this. Everyone, for some purposes, I cannot play the rest of this scene. But what I can say is, it was a somewhat bloody night. Don't worry, only a bloody nose of the guy who interrupted the interview earlier. And yes, Veer punched him. The next day at the shop. Let's see, I'll have some of these. Oh, and I'll take this. Actually, these slides look rather comfortable. I'm going to get them. Hello, I will take these food items and the slides. I'll go get them. Slides? The sandal-like shoes. Ah, uh, yes, though I may warn you, those shoes could be cursed. <laughs> Whatever do you mean? I don't know. I heard it from people who bought those before. <laughs> All right. I'll take them, please. That'll be $32. There you are, and thank you. <laughs> that beer wasn't even that good. I could have done better. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, excuse me. Hi! Hi! Um, I think I heard you talking about me. Oh, yeah. We were just talking about your performance yesterday. Fantastic job. Yeah. How long did it take you to memorize that piece? Months, I think. Huh. It could have taken me three weeks. Um, what she means is good job. Well, that's good for you, person. Because I am the Great Veer. And who are you, some peasant wandering the streets? I absolutely will not take this anymore. Yet again, my listeners, I may not play this scene. Veer may have acted belligerent again. What the? Did my shoes just shoot out water? Hey, no, stop, stop, <laughs> ew. Uh, uh, I, I thought I stopped playing that scene. Sorry, folks. But yes, as you heard, Veer slides shot water at him after he punched the city-goer. Let's move on to the next day, shall we? Alrighty then. Yesterday was interesting, but I think today is going to be a much better day. Let's see what the world has in store for me. Veer got dressed, put on his slides, and walked outside his house. But something caught him off guard. No, no more Veer! Veer. No, no more Veer! Destroy Veer! Veer. Destroy Veer! Wait, what the? What's going no, on? We hate you! No, 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 what what we is we going on? <sighs> that was a dream. It was a, it was a dream. Thank God. So yes, lucky for Veer, that was a dream. But now, it's not. Alright, I'm going to get dressed, going to put on my slides, I'm going to get some breakfast like a, like a normal person. A normal, a normal person, a, a normal person. As Veer stepped outside of his home, guess what he saw? Oh, no protesters. It, is, it was stupid of me to think that there would have been actual protesters for, for me. Hey, is that Veer? I think so. Let's go. Hey, that you, Veer? Hmm? Did someone call my name? I did. Hi, Veer. I was the person from the other day whom you called a peasant. Ew. 
What do you want? Oh, so now Veer is fake and rude to his followers. Would you look at that? Excuse you. This is Veer we're talking about. Uh-huh. What you gonna do about it? I don't like your attitude. You don't have to. All right, then. Well, then how about this? Okay, again? <laughs> ah, why is it doing this? How can I... Never mind. I'm taking these off. And so, Veer took his water slides off and walked home. Without friends or happiness. Wow, what a fantastic play. I'd encourage you all to go listen to Radio Club's podcast for a little bit more of the nerdy rambling than what you hear on Room 403. All right, let's take a listen to our second play, The Free Range Chicken Ghost Anomaly, written by Cece Liu. Cece's title was probably the most random title we picked, and we're looking forward to hearing it. Please enjoy The Free Range Chicken Ghost Anomaly. Why are we here again? I just want to leave. Oh, the s'mores are good, though. Look how dark it is. Look at you two. Scared, huh? It's all your fault, Nathan. Oh, come on. You guys are no fun. Hey, you know what would be thrilling in front of a campfire? Telling a ghost story. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop it right there. Ghost story? You know how terribly paranoid we are? Yeah, yeah, but you know ghosts aren't real, right? No one knows. Plus, you told us we aren't going to do anything freaky during this campout. You call ghosts freaky? Well, you won't know until you hear it. Nathan! We've seen haunted houses and heard random door creakings. But have you heard screams so terrifying that it goes from out in the distance into your ears and mind? So terrifying that it haunts your consciousness? Well, what do you mean? Out into the distance you hear, but yet also see a terrible-looking creature, tall as a skyscraper, aiming fast towards you, moving all around, entering your minds, haunting as they go, freely as they want. (gasps) Nothing can stop the free-range chicken ghost. What? No? Nothing? What did you say? That was so weird. What was it? Chicken ghost? That sounds so fake. Yeah. Well, looks like I didn't do a good job at scaring you guys. Thought it'd be easy. (laughs) I swear that wasn't me! Amazing. That was certainly indicative of the crazy play title we gave to Cece. But now, we actually want to share two interviews about our middle school musical, Annie, that we actually got to host in our namesake space, Room 403. First up, we have Kaylin Shetter, who played the title role of Annie. So, Kaylin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, so, Kaylin, what was it like playing the lead in a virtual musical? Um, to be honest, it was hard yet easy at the same time. Because um, online, when we had online practices, it was 
very hard to dance but easy to like act and speak and be heard because everyone is at the same volume but when we transitioned to in person it kind of got harder because then we had to move our entire body and it had to act with our entire body instead of just our face and yeah um what was your favorite part of the musical or like the whole process um that you guys did um probably our dance practices on wednesday yeah, yeah. and those were in person mm-hmm. Ooh, fun okay this is a question that isn't on our script but Cameron, what was your favorite part of the screening that we got to all sit together in the cft for um probably the looks that we were giving each other during the entire thing like i remember i was sitting across from sienna who played miss hannigan and the entire time we were just looking at each other like either really bug-eyed or we're just like okay wow uh for audience reference um both the middle school musical annie and a couple days after this is getting recorded, uh, the upper school musical gets to be screened in the CFT and all the actors and you know people that worked on the show get to watch it. Um, I thought it was like a really gratifying experience, especially for something we'd been working on for so long and kind of really had no idea what we were doing going into it, at least I didn't. Um, so I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so most of Theory of Relativity was filmed over Zoom. Uh, well, most of the filming for Annie happened in the CFT or just like, you know, generally in person. Uh, would you have preferred to film at home or do you think you would keep filming on campus if you were given the choice? Definitely on campus, just for the fact that we would be goofing around in the black box and it wouldn't just be boring at home. And it was a lot less stressful, even though we had to do it on the spot and we couldn't look at our script like the dime before we had to record. We just had to memorize it all and then go on stage and act it all but I feel like it pieced together much better in person. Would you say that um, the way that you guys filmed it was more similar to a normal kind of like live theater performance? Like obviously, despite having to do multiple takes, like just the performance aspect of it, would you say that it was a little more similar to live performance? I guess, yeah, pretty much. It was just weird with the Miss Roscoe ASMR in my ear constantly, but yeah, that was the only, I was just, the first time I heard that, I was just like, whoa, hello, and then uh, I got used to it over time, and it became better. Just so everyone knows, when Kaylin says Miss Roscoe ASMR, she means that um, we hooked every actor and actress up to an earpiece and had Mrs. Roscoe talking in their ear, telling them what to do and reading the other lines of the scene at the very back of the CFT so you can't hear it on the recording. But I'm sure it was very jarring the first time, yeah. That's so cool, though. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, and each actor had like their own like mold of their ear. It was very creepy, to be honest, but it was a very cool process. Um, let's do one more question, Kaylin. Would you ever do this again? Like, would you have, if you had the choice to do a musical, but like completely filmed in the CFT, would you do it again? If I had the choice to do it in person or in person like that, in person live would be so much better because I'm sorry. Um, going there every single day after school, I remember one time I was rejected because I didn't have a COVID test, I was just like in my full makeup, ready, in the car, and then I got turned around and I was like, crap. Um, But it's, it was good. It was a 
cool experience. Definitely would not try that again though, honestly. But yeah. Cool, well thank you very much, Kaylin. That was very cool. Now moving on to our next play, Squash Enthusiasm Nearby Legoland by Violet Kultman. Nothing to do but sit around and sell this worthless squash. <sighs> Mother was right. I guess I'll never amount to anything. There is just no hope in the squash selling business. I was going to be the squash king of the world. No, the universe. But who wants to buy squash when they're on their way to Legoland? They always just pass my stand without a glance. They want to ride on the Lego roller coaster or the Lego boat. All Lego, 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 Lego. And that's all they ever want. Do you know what Legos are made out of? Nothings. Plastic. Dark. Evil souls. They want fake. They never want something real. What is my squash made out of? Happiness. Dreams. Wonder. Excitement. And most importantly, my squash is made of love. But they all want hate and disaster and Legos. When is it all going to end? Nobody likes the Squash Man. He's so weird and dumb. The Squash Man's going to get you. Go, little children, run. Nobody likes the Squash Man. He's so weird and dumb. Squash Man's going to get you. Go, little children. Hey there, Mr. Squash Man. How are you today? Good, good. You're going to sell me 10 tons of squash. I need to coerce these kids into going to the monster. Kids these days just aren't like they used to be. I can no longer lure them with simple tactics. Now all they want is squash. And you're the only one crazy enough to sell squash during the apocalypse. So you have to give me squash or we will kill you. Nope. We don't sell squash here. Only Legos and death and deception. You may not pass into the gates of hell. Legos, 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 Squash is for stupid dumb dumb. No squash here never has been. Go to Legoland. You sick bastard. Thank you, I don't sell squash, never have, never will. Lego, 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 Lego. All right there, buddy. Well, thank you for your monologue there. Um, it was really helpful. I'm not going to even acknowledge the fact that I am on a very strict time crunch. If I don't get the monster some food, then the world will be destroyed even more than it already is. 
So I know you're having some kind of mental crisis right now. It is quite apparent, but I need this squash. You have to understand this. You don't have any squash, like, at all? Like, at all? Nope. Born and raised in Indiana. Corn is a good lightning, but you know, how can we do it these days? Oh my Ever God. since the fossil paint spilled, it's just not been the same down in Texas. Okay, then. I'm gonna go end you on Yelp. Bye. Lego, 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 Lego. Yeah, no way I'm dealing with this. Let's go to the beach. Here we go. What even is a science project? I thought we were collecting shells. You guys are so weird. Hi there! There is no science project. There was never any science project. Your friends do not exist. You remember, you must come with me to Florida. I will show you a really cool mountain with a lake near it. No monsters inside, guaranteed. That sounds like my grandfather's house. Wait. What science project? I am so confused! <sighs> Never mind. Any of your beloved Western movies were actually from Italy. Damn it! Just because it Next to the big-eared Jumbo Monk Moth Bats, here is the Lemon Drop Gumbo Bat. It tends to like shiny crystals, and it will bite your hair if it gets the chance. Oh, not this one. No. Mmm, delicious guava. Must get. Mmm, guavas! Don't mind if I do. Well, I never want to go to Legoland again, but it's fine. For our next interview, we welcomed Miss Roscoe to the show. She directed Annie, while Mr. Felcher directed Theory of Relativity. Yeah, so, Mrs. Roscoe, you've directed a lot of musicals, both here at Viewpoint and beyond. So how is this middle school musical, Annie, different from all the other musicals you've directed? This was absolutely unlike any directing experience I have ever had. 
all of my experience has been in live theater and I am not a film person. I, I've, you know, I enjoy film, but I am not someone who knows a lot about film. And unlike a regular movie or TV show, this was a film where no one could be in the same room together. So um, it was very, very unique in that way. And it was a completely new experience for me. <laughs> Um, this isn't on the question list, but how was the transition from rehearsing on Zoom at first to then having to like block things in person and film um, and rehearse in person? It was, it was challenging. Um, I have to commend the students that we had because these were all middle school students um, with varying experiences. Some were doing their first musical and um, they did a wonderful job of taking notes and paying attention during the Zoom rehearsals, and it made it a lot easier to transfer it to the stage um, when we got there. Yeah. Um, so what part of the musical do you think you enjoyed, like the process or just the show, what part of it do you think you enjoyed the most? You know, because I'm a lover of live performance, I loved the in-person rehearsals that we finally got to have which were just choreography, but just having choreography rehearsals in person made such a difference when on Zoom, you know, it was hard to see everyone's arms and feet and what they were really doing until they were there in front of us. And we had fun. We got to actually laugh and have some fun. <laughs> yeah, okay. So to my recollection, in my first two years here at Viewpoint, you directed the upper school musicals. I'm right about that, right? Yes. Okay. So how is working with high schoolers, you know, ninth through 12th graders, different than working with middle schoolers? You know, it isn't that different. I have to be honest. Um, there's, there's a different energy um, with theater students, and I think it's regardless of if they're in middle school or in high school. I think the difference in high school is that oftentimes there's more experience. And also in high school, you have to kind of choose and say, you know, this is how I'm going to spend my time after school. And oftentimes you have to make some choices and give up some of your other extracurricular activities. Um, I think the thing about middle school students is I think they just kind of go, go for it and sometimes are a little less inhibited. Um, sometimes when we get a little older, I think we become a little more self-conscious and always worry about how we look and how we sound and being right or being wrong. And so I think sometimes that's a little different, but in general, I think creating a live theater piece is very similar no matter what age you are. I think that says a lot of good about the middle schoolers and a lot of bad about us. <laughs> I have another question that isn't on our original yeah. list, but um, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, no. Um, but so one of the things about live theater is that none of the performances are ever the same. Like okay. different mistakes happen, different things happen in a performance. So what was it like watching a show that you've directed um, and having it be the, the exact same thing for every performance? It was absolutely surreal to go to opening night and sit in the audience without um, my pad and, and pen to take notes without saying, hey guys, let's run over this number before we open, to actually sit there and just see the show and appreciate it and take it in and know that if I saw it the rest of the weekend, it would be the exact same show. It was very, very strange. 
in many ways, just because oftentimes, you know, you're working stuff till the last minute. So I was there for, you know, a lot of the process as the assistant stage oh, manager. Yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> hours <laughs> and hours. <laughs> um, something like that. But I was not there for most of the editing process. Um, and since our stage manager and also like editor, I don't even know what his, all of his titles are, was Mr. Roscoe. Do you yeah. want to tell us kind of how that all came together in literally well, like a week I'm and a half? Tell you, I mean, it really was like a 24-hour process a day because... As we were filming, we would come home and sit and watch the takes because we gave everyone at least at least two takes. But I didn't want to only do one because I wanted to make sure we had some options. Sometimes we did like three or four if you know something needed to be redone. But watching all those takes, right, and then putting the ones that we wanted to use in a separate place, and then I would go to bed, <laughs> and I mean, literally staying up overnight, Mr. Roscoe would start to edit, and our other editor, Mr. Hall, would start to edit what we could. And then in the morning, you know, working, coming to school, and filming again, and then continuing that process until we were finally done. And we only wrapped one week before our opening night. <laughs> so <laughs> that last week was, was literally 24 hours a day. Um, we had the footage we wanted to use, but then it was putting the scenes together with the virtual backgrounds and sewing each scene together to make it a complete show. I, um, when I was watching it, I was like astonished by how real it looked, especially in the orphanage. It looked like they were in the same room, all in the same beds. Um, this, that was like not a lead into a question, but like, what would you say a highlight of this process was for you um, and like something that you would want to keep going into the future um, for productions? Well, you know, I think I kind of am going to echo what Kaylin said. When given the choice between a live production and a pre-recorded re production, I completely go for the live every time. Um, but I will say my goal was to put on a middle school musical where it felt like you were sitting in the eighth row and watching a musical and to create the illusion of an ensemble working together. Um, and so I have to be honest, when I finally saw that opening scene as well in the orphanage, I was pretty emotional because that is not what it looked like when we filmed. You know, it was each person on their own with a green blocks with you know bed some bedding over it and even especially molly and annie sitting next to each other they were never next to each other um so it was really amazing to kind of get that appearance at the final when we finally edited it all together um yeah i don't know about like as far as what i would keep for a future process as far as putting on a show but i think for trying to create a show in this time it like what I set out to do, I feel like it kind of came together and worked. And I didn't know that it was going to work until we finally put it together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I won't go on like a super long tangent, yeah. but just to echo that, um, this was my very first middle school musical in like all of my time at Viewpoint and all of my time as a stage manager. And I had no idea what was going to happen because, you know, I had stage managed our upper school play in the fall right. Wild Ride. And it was just a completely different experience because it was all over Zoom and it was live. 
So I knew going into this one that it was going to be different. Um, I'd also say it was my 10th show that I've ever worked on and it was my second time doing and like stage managing Annie. Um, and it was just such a different experience, but like getting to watch it, even in like the back row of the CFT with the house lights still on, um, I was so proud of everyone and they, everyone did so well and it came together really, really nicely. So, yeah. Um, so we had one last question. Sure. Um, how do you think Annie compared to Theory of Relativity? I haven't seen Theory of Relativity yet. <laughs> so, and I, and I have to tell you, I cannot wait to see it. I cannot wait to see it. Um, I think, you know, just from what I know, I think the biggest difference was most of your scene work and filming was done at home in remote locations. And then we were really utilizing that green screen on the stage and the in-person to create um, you know, the look of everyone being in the same space, whether it was the orphanage or the mansion or the street in New York. Um, so I can't wait to see it. I, I know it's going to be fabulous because I know who's in it and what you guys are up to. So, but, I, so I'm, but actually, and I'm actually really excited to not have seen any of it and to take it in put together for the first time. Because I feel like in other years, I at least see little snips of people rehearsing, but... I, I haven't seen it, so I'm excited. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mrs. Roscoe. Thank we really you. appreciate it, and we loved talking to you. Well, I loved being here. Thank you for having me. A big thank you to Mrs. Roscoe and Kaylin for letting us interview them for this episode. Both of our main stage musicals were great, and I think that all of our plays turned out great, given the challenge we gave our writers. We also want to give a big thank you to Maya, our amazing senior producer. We'll miss you so much next year. Oh, thanks, guys. This was such an amazing project, and I can't wait to hear what the conservatory does with it next year. What a great way to end this year's season of Room 403, a podcast play. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, and we'll see you next year. Thank you for listening in. Interested in being a part of our project? Contact Riley Herbert, Maya Fardod-Finn, and Chris Ordonez for more details. Whether you're a writer, director, actor, musician, technician, editor, or anything else we haven't thought of, you are always welcome in Room 403.